With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the crossover Sports Illustrated's NBA show. Break it down. The latest news, rumors, and everything in between. Here's your host, Chris Mannix and Rohan Lodkardy. This is the Crossover NBA Podcast, part of the Sports Illustrated Podcast Network. I am Chris Mannix. Joining me this week, very excited to have this guy on. Two-time NBA All-Star, nine-year NBA veteran, one of the best defensive bigs of his era, now doing great stuff on TV, as well as terrific breakdowns on his YouTube page. Definitely subscribe to that Mr. Verticality himself, Roy Hibbert. Roy, whenever I hear the word verticality, I'm automatically triggered to you. You are forever intertwined with that word. You know what I think of when I think of verticality is me going straight up and Shane Battier kneeing me in the balls (laughs) in the Miami Heat series. So that's what I think of about verticality a lot. How, like... You've probably told some version of this story a million times, but how did verticality come into your life? I, I it was Frank Vogel, right, that first kind of incorporated that into your game. Yeah, I was a you know a rookie, second year player, so I was low on the totem pole, and like Frank was like the third or like fourth assistant down the line under Jim O'Brien, and he said, "Roy, like we need you on the court. You got to figure out a way to stay on the court because you're fouling way too much." So I spent the whole summer with him and Dan Burke. And we worked on just, you know, knowing when, you know, players go lay it up, then I can go block it. If players like LeBron tuck it, and uh, then you you can't try to block it because that's when they get the uh, the foul. So I had learned to, to go vertical. I actually saw Dwight Howard do it once. And I think he just did it to try to block the shot. And then we tried to, we went from there. You changed the game with that because it really sparked debate, you know, for a couple of years about whether or not, you know, you going up was a foul. Like, you know, a lot of people, the offensive players obviously thought, hey, he's going up. It's got to be a foul, you know, but 90 plus percent of the time you were able to do it, right? Yeah, before every game, I would talk to the refs, shake their hand, even if I'm not the captain <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, hey, talk to me about what you see on uh, uh, when I go straight up uh, and everything like that. They say, Roy, as long as you don't go from A to B when you jump and you just jump in that same plane, you should be fine. And then don't bring your hands down, you know? So, but when you get hit in the stomach, you naturally do that. So it was definitely a tough learning process. My core definitely got stronger. I'm guessing that 
what happened with Shane Battier in that game probably happened to you a few times in practice. As you oh, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lance Stevenson <laughs> definitely was trying to test me at the rim to see if I was going to get out the way, you know, if, if he's coming through. But definitely battle-tested. That's nice. Your teammate testing you at the rim during practices. You got to love that. Um, so I, I was going to start with the Lakers, but since you mentioned Frank Vogel, why don't we start there? Because Frank and the Phoenix Suns are in Los Angeles this week, caught them against the Clippers the other night, and that wasn't a good game for, for the Phoenix Suns. And Roy, they have had a really hard time finding some connectivity within that team. They're hovering right around 500. They finally got all their guys back, but even with everybody back in the mix, you saw the Memphis game where they lost without John Morant. They go into L.A. to play the Clippers. They just get smoked in yeah. that game, which is there's no there's no shame in losing to the Clippers, who are one of the hottest teams in basketball. But the way that they lost, they, they just look like two teams going separate directions. Um, when you look at Phoenix and the issues that they are having right now, what's your level of confidence that a team with this type of talent will eventually figure it out. I want to, I know Frank is such a good coach, but sometimes he lets, you know, he has to let his dogs off the leash. And then sometimes maybe you may need to, to rein them in. But I always say like, I, I had Phoenix, like I want to give them a summer to like work together. I thought this was going to be the year, but the injuries just, you know, just seem to pile up. So there's, it takes time to to gel. And I know that's a generic answer, but I mean, I feel like it's it's it, it takes time. And Bradley Beal's just getting back into things. But I say next next year, you know. But then, but it should be this year. And uh, you, you get paid that much, you got to figure it out. But. It's an up, up, uphill road. I'm not yeah, sure the, I'm able to answer that question. No, and the clock is certainly ticking uh, on this team because you've got guys that are in their 30s, most notably Durant and and now Beal. Booker's still very much in the prime of his career. You know, there's been a lot of conversation with the, around Phoenix about the lack of a traditional point guard. Obviously, Chris Paul's not there anymore. They've been playing Devin Booker at point guard. There was some success with that early, Roy, but when I watch Phoenix, their lack of a traditional playmaker seems to be an issue. And it seems to be something that Devin Booker is not necessarily comfortable in. It's a role Bradley Beal is not comfortable in. They don't really have somebody that they can count on to play 30 plus minutes at that spot. I mean, they've got three guys that are as good a wing scorer as you're yeah. going to find in the NBA. But is that when you look at today's NBA, is it necessary to have that kind of traditional player to succeed? You know, I would I I think so. And I'm not sure this will ever work, but I remember when I was playing, D'Angelo Russell always wanted to link up uh with, with Book. And I'm like, if there ever could be a situation where you could use a point guard, I mean, obviously that the the, the money wouldn't work out, but I feel like a, a distributor would be kind of good. But at the beginning of the season when uh, Beal was out, I really felt that Devin Booker and KD took turns in terms of uh, I'd go down and score. Dev, the book is like good in the mid range and so strong in the post. But um, I feel that, you know, when you have three, 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 you know, uh, three heads of the snake, 
you may need a rondo to be able to to find people those type of their spots and let's say, all right, you know, you you took four shots already. Let's get some other people involved and, and stuff like that. So maybe, but I'm not sure who that is in the league right now. Who's a veteran point guard who's playing a lot, a lot of you know could play a lot of minutes. Who's not hurt like CP3 or anything like that? Um, no, Ron, Rondo's a great example because. You know, when whenever he talks about that 07, 08 Celtics team, yeah, it was KG and it was Pierce and it was Ray Allen, but Rondo was kind of a glue guy with yeah. that group, right? Like he was the one orchestrating the offense and he was the massive question mark. I remember going into that year, you know, yeah. covering that team, like can Rajon Rondo, in I believe his second year, be, you know, the guy to corral this group of stars? It turns out that Rondo was way ahead of his time and, yeah. you know, a lot yeah. smarter than people ever really understood at that time. But I mean, there is an incredible value in having a player like that, even if they're a non-shooter. I mean, Rondo, you know, a good offensive player going to the basket, going downhill, but yeah. you, know, you you could play 10 feet off him if you wanted to, you know, in half-court offense. But like today's game, it feels a good way, but there's no traditional point guard. Every All the point guards are like, you know, score, score first, like Lillard, um, you know, Jam Jamal Murray, and that works. You know, you, you have Joker who's facilitating and stuff like that. But I can't really think of any point guards that are like looking to dish first besides score first and then, you know, pass after, you know. So unless but yeah, yeah, I can't I can't think of anybody. Yeah. Um, and the other piece of that puzzle, you know, they made that deal with Portland or in the three-team deal that sent DeAndre Ayton. Up to Portland. And I get the reasons, Roy, why yeah. a deal like that happens. There's locker room stuff. You know the dynamics where there, there there can be a toxicity where things just can't be put back together because of whatever reason, things that happen yeah. in the locker room. But you know as well as anyone how Frank Vogel can work with a traditional seven-footer in the middle, you know, yeah. like yourself, how, how you succeeded in Frank Vogel's defensive scheme. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen how DeAndre Ayton worked within a Vogel defensive scheme. Because, look, Vogel, I thought, did a lot for your confidence and your game. You know, both those things combined. Um, and, and I would have liked to have seen him have an opportunity to work with DeAndre Ayton. I mean, to be honest with you, Ayton is way more athletic than me, can move his <laughs> feet way better than me. I mean, he, you know, if, like, I, what I know about Frank is he, they work on defense, defense, defense. And then, like, you know, I feel like he'd be able to be – my problem was I was too far back in those drops. I couldn't move my feet. But he could be up, level at the screen, you know, corral, and then go out there and contest. So, I mean, it, it does feel good when, you know, you're a part of the play. I felt like maybe – Aiton felt that he was like the odd man out sometimes. But for me, I felt, you know, uh, a sense of purpose when my teammates were relying on me to to be the defensive anchor. And maybe that would have gave him some a little bit more purpose and a little bit more pep in his step. You know, I'm not sure how he's doing in Portland right now, but um, but uh maybe you know, he he does do well with with, with centers. Like Miles Turner, he did well with. Um Obviously, Dwight you know, Howard in LA, you know, they uh, won a championship yeah. with, yeah, with traditional bigs yeah. in LA. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen it. Um, again, there, there's elements to to that deal that that go well beyond play. Although, to your point, DeAndre Ayton, even in a third role 
was averaging like 18 and 10. So he was putting up some decent numbers and he had a max contract, you know, on that, uh, on that team. So, uh, you know, maybe for both sides, it would have been uh, better to have, have him still around. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I want to talk to you about the Lakers, because I've seen a lot of them being out in L.A. now. Uh... I had really high expectations for the Lakers coming into this year, Roy. I, I, I thought that the decisions made in the offseason to bring the band back together were the right ones. I thought continuity made sense. You know that. You had a lot of continuity in your years in Indiana. There is value to that. Yeah. Um, they made the right trades from January on last year. That team had one of the best defenses in basketball in the second half of last season. This year, it has just completely fallen apart. The defense is average. The offense is awful. LeBron and AD are playing huge minutes. The second-tier guys are not contributing at the level that they contributed in last year. Now, the Lakers have pointed to injuries. Everybody kind of has injuries. I don't know if I buy that completely. I mean, how valuable really is Gabe Vincent and how he's been out all year, all year long? Um... You know, when you watch the Lakers, how you know how big are their problems, and are they overcomable? You know, I feel as though when I the, the games I watched early, they were giving like effort and like intensity, like on you know seeing AD, he was making things a little bit dirty uh, under the rim and just being physical. Maybe sometimes like that, you know, to do that over the whole season may be tough, but it just seems like. The 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 like you said the shots aren't falling. The second the second tier players aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And like so, I'm listening to to, to trade talks and stuff like that. And I'm looking at the 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 uh, the roster here, and I'm just like, what trade assets values you know do that besides you know Austin Reeves who can shoot and Rui. Um, you know, I, I don't see them being able to make a move. You know, I heard Perkins talk about uh, what's his name, uh, Zach Levine from Chicago, and I feel that uh, that 
I'm not sure any like why what you know what player they would take in return, you know, to start building building around. So the lights are always brighter in in, in for the Lakers. And to be honest with you, I, I don't envy being in any of those uh, guys off the bench spot because it must be tough playing with LeBron having that much pressure on you. And not being able to like, you know, because, you know, they won the in-season tournament. They put a banner up, you know, you would think that they'd be like rolling, you know, but I'm not sure if I'm answering your question or not. No, the the in-season tournament banner day, Roy, that was a sad, sad day in Lakers history. I was there for that one watching. And I understand, look, if Indiana had won that tournament, that banner was going up. It was was going up in in the field house uh, as well. Um, the, the The Lakers problems, for starters... I don't know how you succeed in the modern NBA when you can't shoot threes. And the Lakers are bottom third in the NBA in three-point shots. Now, the counter-argument you hear from LA people is, well, we want a championship in the bubble with the same type of team. We were not a three-point shooting team that year. But that was a bubble year, and I felt like that was more the exception rather than the rule. You know, nowadays, you don't have to be like the, you know, 17-18 Warriors but yeah. you do have to shoot the three at a pretty high level. And I watch some of these games, and you know whether it's Rui Hashimura or Jared Vanderbilt, you've just got some guys out there. Anthony Davis, too, who's not shooting threes this year. He's playing yeah. great, but he's not shooting threes. Uh, you're just going out on the floor, and you're, you're putting LeBron James out there with at least two guys that are not floor spacers. And it, it just feels like in today's NBA that that doesn't work offensively. You're not going to be an efficient offensive team if you do that. No, you look at the the shooters that you know Joker has. Like he, he any yeah. any like from you know from one to four can shoot threes, and like that just opens up things for him to be able to drive to the basket off balance, you know, shots. But I feel like LeBron could be like that like ten years ago. But I mean, I, I thought that Torian Prince and Cam Reddish would be able to 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 provide some like you know offensive spark from the three, but. Uh, in today's game, you definitely need that. D'Angelo Russell has had his times, and you know uh, he's a former teammate of mine and, and everything like that. But uh, uh, let me see what he's shooting with: thirty-five percent from the three. Yeah, minutes, ten points. I, I, I love he's erratic him. too. He's erratic. He had a terrible first half against the Clippers, then a great first second half. So he's just kind of all over the place. Yeah, I expect a little bit. I expect a little bit more. Expect a little bit more from him and everything like that. But Christian Wood is another one too that I thought that would be able to like spread the floor and like provide some sort of uh you know uh, help. But did did you just, hold on? Let me ask you about Christian Wood because I, yeah. I have Christian Wood. His numbers, if you look, if you were just looking at basketball reference, Christian Wood would look like a potential Hall of Fame player. But Christian Wood, yeah. like he's just always on losing teams. Like he's just, and when he's on winning teams. He's not contributing. Like he had a Dallas. golden opportunity last season in Dallas to become a you know a stretch five playing opposite Luka Doncic, and he couldn't make that work because he didn't give any effort whatsoever defensively. He was benched most of this season or parts of this season yeah. in L.A. Not because he can't score, but because he wasn't giving the right effort defensively. Like if he just gave Roy like. 
50% effort on the defensive end. I think he'd be a really good player, but he doesn't do it, and he hasn't done it. Christian Wood was on that, I, I have to go back, he was on that 10-win Philadelphia team as a rookie. Like, he has consistently been in losing situations. Like, he's just one of those guys that I just don't know if he's ever going to impact winning at a high level. Yeah, I mean, that is true. It's tough to uh, – he's a former teammate of mine. We spent some time together in Charlotte. But, uh, you know, it, it is tough when Mark Cuban comes out and, like, says, you know, what he said. Um, normally doesn't do that. But, uh, man, like, he he has the length, has athleticism to, to be able to do that. But I'm not really sure what is asked of him, you know, what Darvin Ham's, you know, uh, what he asked of his players. And maybe that's too much or – I'm not sure. But – uh but yeah, Le- LeBron definitely needs some help. But uh, you can just see it written all over his face. But I mean, Jared Vanderbilt does provide some good defensive like effort. I, I feel like uh, the games that I have watched, he does do that. But you definitely need to be able to shoot have have shooters. But I think the, the question: like, how, how do you? How, I, I honestly like. I don't know what moves you could honestly make. I'm not sure what picks they have, but you know. It's not a just one thought on Christian Wood because you did play with them. Like, look, you went to conference finals. You know what it means to have that dog in you to yeah. to advance that level. I'm not convinced Christian Wood has it. I, I'm not convinced he has it in him. Like that that kind of I'll do whatever it takes on both ends to win at the highest level. I I just haven't seen it yet, Roy. I mean, <laughs> he's 28. I mean, they always say anymore. once you get to the wrong side of thirty, like it's hard to like you know. It was for me because towards my, towards the end of my career, that dog honestly like left me, and like it it, it was it was shown. And then once you're on the wrong side of thirty, you know, people start looking younger and younger. So <laughs> you, have, you have a short probably a short period of time. I, I get I get it. But Christian Wood last year with Dallas, sixty seven games, averaged seventeen points and eight rebounds, and got a minimum contract next year. That's really all that you need yeah. to. You need to know yeah. about that. Um, as far as deals go, like you mentioned Zach Levine, and that's going to be the name on the tip of everyone's tongue over the next month, right? Levine is a scorer. The Lakers need scoring. You can make the Clutch Sports connection. Levine's represented by Clutch Sports. A lot of Clutch clients within the Lakers, especially, most notably, LeBron James. I don't know, Roy, if that makes them measurably better. It does get them better offensively, but to get to Zach Levine's contract number, like you've got to move like three guys. Like you've got to move like you probably got to move Russell. You probably yeah. got to move Hashimura. The Bulls are will ask for Austin Reeves. You're not going to give give him up. Yeah. Um, but you're probably going to have to move three rotation players to get Zach Levine, who is a very, very, very good scorer, but n- the rest of his game is is. I don't want to say average, but it kind of is. Like, he's not a playmaker. He's not a great defender. He's a terrific athlete. So you're getting his scoring, but what you lose, I don't know if that makes them measurably better. In your mind, if you've got to give up three rotation players to get Zach Levine, does that move the needle in L.A.? I don't think it moves the needle, but then, you know, LeBron, does he have, like, that player option after this year or the next year? It's after this year, yes. It's the elephant in the room, Roy, because LeBron can walk away after this season. Man, and you like, never know where Bronny James is going to go. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you have LeBron. You should probably pull the trigger, but then you're leveraging the rest of your your uh, 
your 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 franchise on like like you said 30 plus year old players who like LeBron may end up leaving so and they did that with Russell Westbrook you know mm-hmm. it didn't really work out it, it's hard to and you know this it's hard it's hard to win without high level athleticism like and the like, elite teams are athletic most you need of the time. Are. You need time as well to gel mm-hmm. and figure it out. You know, uh, it's like when 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 they traded, you know, uh, Evan Turner for Danny Granger, it, it kind of like messed us up. Mm-hmm. So, but then, we, I feel like you probably got to do it with LeBron. It's like he he like it's the Lakers. They like they got to pull the trigger. It may not work, but at least they said they try. I'm not. Yeah, I, I say I pull the trigger. Yeah. Well, Zach Levine to me, I mean, again, you've got three, four weeks to go before the deadline. Like Zach Levine is like that, that red button on the wall, like break glass in case of emergency. Like if you're under 500 come February 6th or 7th, you You hammer that button and you make the deal and you, you let the chips fall where they may, because you're right. You can't waste another year of 39 year old LeBron and AD. Look, he's been remarkably healthy the last like year and a half. Like he's yeah. he is durable last year and a half, but that doesn't always hold up with him. So you've got to when you've got these two guys playing at the highest level, you've got to do what I think, whatever you can to to build you know winner uh, around. Well, I, I, I don't even think like it'll get them past like you know. I don't. I don't disagree. <laughs> you know, I don't see them getting past Denver. I don't see that like even if they have that. You know that trade. I don't see them getting past uh, 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 the Timberwolves, mm. and uh, the team I like the most is like OKC. Like, well, like- somebody, Roy, somebody said to me at you know somebody an NBA type said to me at Staples the other night. Um, you know, what if they wind up in like a two seven matchup with Oklahoma City? They're the more experienced team; they can win that. That a lot of that's based off of how they won the series last year. But Oklahoma yeah. City is not Memphis. Oklahoma no. City is is deeper. Shea Gildas Alexander is better than anyone the Grizzlies had, including John Morant. Yeah. Um and, and they can do a lot of different things at a really high level. Give me some check. Give me some check. I love oh, some check. Oh man, I, th- that Boston game where Chet made those two threes like yeah. fourth quarter, that kid's got some stones, man. Yes, <laughs> that kid's that kid's got some. He's ready to play and ready to succeed uh right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. All right, I want to get your take on Draymond Green because he's about to make his return to the Warriors rotation. He was reinstated by the NBA this week. Uh, the war is going to ramp him back up. He'll probably return to the lineup when they go on the road uh, sometime over the weekend. Uh, it has been a tumultuous run for Draymond. Multiple suspensions already this year, uh, but out of the lineup, it'll probably be 12, 13 games by the time he actually returns. Uh, he's got a lot of equity with that team. No yeah. doubt about it. It's been around those guys a long time, but how do you think the transition is going to be for Draymond back into this mix? Um, you know, I honestly feel that they're going to ride until the wheels fall off, you know, and, and and everything like that. So, I mean, he punched Poole in the face last year and came back. Everything was fine. So I don't anticipate anything being any different in terms of, like, the dynamics of the team and everything like that. He's like he's like one of the founding, you know, uh, uh, staples there. But I mean, I mean, I, I play with Dunleavy. He's running the organization now. I'm sure at some point, like he would love to like have his own, like you know, own group of players that he brought in and like you know and, and everything like that. So at some point down the line, you know, but uh, but. I don't anticipate anything being any, any any different than how it how it has been, you know, because he I was assuming he's been running the show like that for a while, and nobody, I'm not saying nobody, but he hasn't been reined in until until recently. It's not the same thing, but you know, when you play with Lance, Lance was a volatile guy. He was also a really important guy for what yeah. you guys were trying to get done as a team, especially yeah. defensively. How did you guys handle? that volatility did you address it you know did you did you come forward and address it did were you more passive about it how did you handle that over time so we, we had like when i first got there jeff foster was like the guy that would like you know talk to lance and then david west you know lance had a real respect for him and everything like that but we knew that we had to let lance do lance sometime but uh at the same time we like we knew when to like rein it in when like he got you know in somebody's face or something like that. But sometimes you need that jolt of energy. But uh man, like I mean we talked I mean we would talk to him and everything like that, but like, he was younger, but this is somebody that's you know older than like most of the guys on the team. But you know, I'm sure Stephen Clay, I don't even know if you can even rein him in, man. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. He'll go on his podcast and just t- say, I'll do what I'm going to do what I want or whatever like that. I'm not sure. But, uh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't answer the question. No, no. It's it, it, Look, it's the, a lot of successful teams going back to, like, the 90s Bulls with Dennis Rodman. You, you yeah. have a volatile character on that team who is incredibly important to that team. And Draymond, yeah. if they're going to succeed, has got to be high-level Draymond Green. You know, yeah. just like for you guys to succeed at the level you did in your years, Lance had to be high level Lance Stevenson. Maybe not. I mean, I mean, God, I remember being in <laughs> being in Indiana when Lance did the blow in the year thing, which yeah. remains one of the all time greats. I great didn't know moments. about it till after the game. I was like, <laughs> "What happened? You blew it." <laughs> yeah. What did he say after the game? He was he was just like uh, blowing his ear. I just wanted to mess with him, <laughs> getting his head. You know, so. 
I don't even know if we won that game or not, to be honest with you. But I, I, you I still remember that I one. Don't, I don't, yeah, I just, it was in Indiana. I'm sure of that because I remember yeah. being at the press conference afterwards and people were asking about it. And then I remember sitting at the press conference was where I first saw the Nintendo cartridge meme, which is the all-time meme which of Lance. When Lance, when they shows Lance blowing into the Nintendo cartridge. Oh, okay. Which, okay. like, all-time great. Like, that. that is what... Twitter was was created for a meme. I got you. Uh, just I like that. Um, before I let you go, the the Western Conference is is packed with contenders right now. I talked about the Clippers for a minute, and yeah, you know, I was I was listening to Paul George's podcast recently, and Paul was on with Gordon Hayward, and they were talking about how good the Clippers are, and like you know, Gordon was like, I don't know how a team beats you guys yeah. in four out of seven, and I'm sure you know Denver still probably feels. The same way, Minnesota has to be feeling pretty good about the way it's played in the first half of the season. Oklahoma City won't admit it because they never do, but they've got to feel pretty good about the way that they've played. Um, If you were going to pick a team to come out of the Western Conference right now, based on what you've seen in the first half of the season, who are you leaning towards? You know, as I said before, I like the swag of OKC. Cause they're young up and coming, you know, it's time for a new face. Like Jalen Williams is defensive effort getting out shooting threes. But at the same time, like you said, Clippers look good, but I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes the Clippers sometimes, you know, love you PG, uh, you know, but sometimes they, they sometimes let me down at the, at the, at the end. So I'm, I'd say, like, like I said, I'd say OKC, my 1A, my 1B would be like the Clippers, though. That, you know, that's, that's what I like to see. So you're a believer in OKC right now. I think they're still like the second or third youngest team in the NBA. You're a believer that a team that young and that inexperienced can get it done in what would really be their first year in the playoffs. I mean, they're playing well. I don't know. It's like their, their vibe, but... I understand what you're saying. That's why I went with the the, the Clippers, mm. you know, for my one B. But maybe I'll t- I'll text I'll text I'll text your producer. Maybe like around <laughs> All Star after All Star break or something like that. I'll give you a better answer. You know, when you when you look at Oklahoma City, though, you know everybody wants the Thunder to make a trade, right? Because Sam Presti has you know 150 draft picks. They've got yeah. a bunch of young players. But every time I start to think about a trade with that team, Roy, I come up empty. Like, I, I don't know what player mm-hmm. out there makes sense because you look at the way this, the way this team is built. And, and I, I had these conversations with guys there last year when I went out to do a profile on Shea Gildas-Alexander. And, like, the player profile that they're building is obvious. They want a bunch of guys that can pass, shoot, and play make from center on down. And they've kind of yeah. got that right now. Shea yeah. at the one, Chet at the five. Everybody in between can do a lot of different things. So yeah. if you use that as the model for the kind of player Oklahoma City is going to pursue, well, yeah, they need more rebounding, but they're not going to go acquire like Andre Drummond. Like that's yeah. just not going to fit into the mold of player that they're going to to be looking for. Could they use a little bit more perimeter shooting? Sure, but you know they're not going to trade multiple draft picks for like Luke Kennard or somebody to that effect. Like. I, every time I start to think about what player that could be on the trade block, and you have to factor in this guy's going to have to be under contract for multiple years because Oklahoma City's not trading draft picks and assets for guys going to leave them in like yeah. four months. 
I just don't see anything out there that makes any kind of sense for them. I don't know about you. I mean, in terms of trades, I say that this this to to, to ride it out. I'm not sure why the fans want to make it like maybe I can understand like to but I feel like this young group right here can do it. See what they are, see where they are, see how far they get into the playoffs, second round, maybe they get to the conference finals or whatever, then, like, you find out what they need there. You know, maybe somebody's up, like an Aaron Gordon, who's uh could shoot the three, but then also, like, rebound as well. I'm not sure what his deal is, but, you know, as he's getting a, a little bit of an older veteran presence there, uh, maybe in the free agency and stuff like that. So I'm not sure. No, I couldn't agree more with that assessment because, look, maybe they get beat in the first round and you say, all right, well, this team does need to add, you know, X, Y, or Z. But if they go to the yeah. conference finals, you know, you sitting there going like, screw it. Let's just keep this yeah. group together. And, you know, natural continuity, natural growth from all these young guys is, is going to pay off. So I, yeah. I think they, I think riding it out, at least for this season, uh, makes the most sense. What do you think about the Minnesota Timberwolves? Like in terms of the big, big, and then I, I, I love Anthony Edwards. He has like that charisma, like, you know, MJ and everything like that. Where do you think their ceiling is? So, First of all, remarkable story, right? Like how they were a mess last year. Everybody called that Gobert trade like the worst trade in NBA history. It, it yeah. clearly has improved over time. Um, I think they are going to be and have been and will be a great regular season team. What, what I wonder about is can you succeed with Rudy and Kat on the floor together in the playoffs against yeah. one team that's going to spend the entire series just game planning for you, right? Because yeah. Teams are smart. Coaching staffs are smart. They're going to find ways to attack Rudy. They're going to find ways to attract attack two largely, I don't want to say immobile, but less than mobile yeah. big man. It's kind of what cost Utah in a way during the Gobert years when yeah. he was out there. They're they're certainly better than anyone thought they were going to be. And if Cat Cat had a stretch in December where he was making a ton of threes, like the last four or five games, not so much. But if he's shooting like forty plus percent from three, it's a different ball game. Uh, but if his shot goes cold, especially from three-point range, all of a sudden you've got two guys out there that aren't making threes. And it goes back to the Laker conversation. Like, I don't know how you win when you have two guys out there that can't make threes. That, that, to me, is a big-time challenge. So a little fool's gold right now? I don't want to say that because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just impressed with how they've rebounded, right? Like, yeah. I mean, rebounded as a team. Like, yeah. you know, they, they could have folded up shop. Rudy could have gone you know, could have cowered, you know, Cat could have said, trade me, but they bounced back. Like they had a terrible year last year. They showed some real guts. Mike Conley, you know, played his ass off in the first half of the season. I'm really impressed with him. I shouldn't be. I mean, the guy always plays his ass off and, and yeah. I admire the hell out of him. Um, it's just, it's, I, you know, the Lakers did it in the bubble, right? Where they played Dwight Howard and AD and, and, yeah. and that worked. But more often than not in today's NBA, you've got, you know, one big, at the most, that's not a three-point shooter, right? Or yeah. that's 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 that. Like even like the Bucks when they won, like Giannis was the non-shooter. Brooke yeah. Lopez was thirty-eight percent from three, or whatever the hell he was. So we'll see. I'm, I'm impressed with the done the regular season. I'm still jury's out on what they can do in the playoffs, man. I so, right, good stuff, man. Appreciate the conversation. Uh, keep up the great work on the YouTube page. It's excellent stuff. You do these breakdowns all the time over on your YouTube. YouTube, great stuff in the broadcast space as well. Thanks for joining me, man. Thank you. I hope you have a nice night.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.